Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Words with Dragons podcast. Um, I'm very happy to be back today. I'm just going to be doing a sort of general discussion, review, a little bit of Q&A regarding the uh, Dragon Prince graphic novel that came out early October uh, through the moon. It is a canon novel set after season three, but before season four. So I'm going to do a little bit of a non-spoilery review just of being like what you know how do I rate it how does it how does it measure up um and then I'm also going to do a big spoilery discussion it will spoil everything unlike the wonderful um podcast well I mean like I joined I joined their podcast um the hot brown morning potion podcast um I was very honored they the co the host uh Haley and Kuno, they asked me, they're like, hey, we're going to talk about Through the Moon. Do you want to hop in and give your two cents? So that was really fun. We did not talk about the ending. Um, I am going to be talking about the ending. It's been a month, you know, it's it's time. Um, but yeah, that was really fun to record. So if you want to hear some other lovely thoughts from two lovely people, go check that out. Today is just, just me. Um, for the first time in a little while, I am been navigating some real life busyness, but I am hoping to do more uh, regular updates. There's going to be an Ezrin Appreciation Week I'm hosting on my Tumblr for along with two A's um, for November 22nd to November 28th. So I'm hoping to do like 302 The Crown because that's my one like my second favorite uh season three episode like 90 percent for Ezra's plotline in it so I'm hoping to do more recording and as always you guys can send in more questions but for today it's just through the moon and I'll let you know when the spoilery portion is going to start but this little brief interval is going to be non-spoilery so if you haven't gotten the book if you're on the fence about the graphic novel if you're saving up no worries so through the moon basically is you know, a little bit of a premise um is basically the kids have gone back to catalis rayla has gone with ezrin and callum back to the castle she's still worried about viren and the possibility that he survived and is kind of seeking closure regarding like her parents all three of her parents but lane and teodrin and renan and so the kids then get called back to the moon nexus for a ritual and the moon nexus can become a portal to life and death. And Rayla's like, what if I go through? Would I be able to get answers? And so the graphic novel is ultimately Rayla-centric. Um, but everyone kind of gets some nice moments to shine. Um, Callum has a very big role, bigger than I expected. But I loved it. Oh, if you're a Rayla fan, this is a graphic novel for you. It was so good. Um, and then I also really liked the bits and pieces we got of Ezrin, particularly Soren. I always love Lu Jane. I love seeing her again and getting to learn more about moon magic. That was super cool. Um, there was a really nice sort of little tie-in with some of the end credit art from season three of Lu Jane and the human big sword guy from season one. And that's carried through and I loved his character. Such a sweetie. Um, the art style was amazing um perfect amount of almost like sketchiness but still very like very expressive and vivid i loved the colors there was a lot of really cool 
design choices that I'll go more into do just for like in terms of like um, the settings were amazing and all those sorts of stuff and the um, writer they got to do the comic nailed everyone's voices it was so stellar I was so impressed and of the sort of extra and I I love concept art but of the sort of four extra things we've got on the side with Callum's Spellbook the season one novelization the Dragon Print art book and Through the Moon Through the Moon is definitely my favorite of the four it's my favorite of what we've got in terms of extra material I think some of that is the like art form because like I've had a lot of fun editing it and it, it being so more visual than the others because like the concept art is really cool but it's not super relationship based for any of the characters involved although there's a really nice little like we're not in a flowery sketch so I you know have a soft place in my heart um yeah so through the moon 10 out of 10 I really loved it and now I would highly recommend it. I know that there's probably some places on Instagram that have uploaded like scans of it. I personally bought just the like online like Kindle version. It was around like $10, quite cheap. Um, and that worked out really well for me because I got it right away. So that was appealing. And I also wanted to be able to edit right away. So having been able to do it all on my computer was really appealing um although eventually I wouldn't mind having the like hard copy just because I am a book nerd yeah so if that's what you're looking for um yeah I would just I would really really recommend it I loved it so now I'm going to go into the spoilery section the non-spoiler section is ending because I'm going to talk about why um I'm going to try and work my way work my way through um and then maybe answer a couple of the questions as we go along in order so like I said I loved the art style I loved how much everyone's voices were just per just perfect oh it was so good um I loved and I've I've talked a lot of a, a lot about this already on my tumblr because it has already been like almost a month since the novel came out so you guys might be familiar with some of these opinions and thoughts and speculations um, but hopefully there'll be some some new stuff. And so I loved the way my favorite thing about Through the Moon, I thought, was and it was a surprise. I, I wasn't thinking they were going to go this in depth with discussions of trauma. Never mind this soon, because I've said before on this podcast, I know that the main kids like. Ezrin, Callum, Rayla, Soren, Claudia, etc., etc., almost everyone would could like use like years of therapy for the singular month that they've been through over the course of season one to season three. Like they months, they need months of therapy for that four week time period alone. So one of the things that I thought about after season three was Rayla switches from wishing your parents were dead. But she clearly does love them. You know, she's very angry with them, but she does love them. And then she finds out that they didn't run. And she's, at first, she's just really happy that they weren't cowards and they did her their duty. And they hadn't left her to then also leave their duty behind. But I knew, and I was like, I don't know if it'll be really super addressed firsthand. Um, 
But now that she wasn't angry with them and now that she knew the truth, it was going to be about mourning and she was going to have to switch to that sort of really hard gear and is already dealing with everything with Renan, right? Um, and that's a lot. That's a that's your well, her parents less so because they didn't raise her the way that Renan and Athari did. But Rail has basically lost her entire parental system in the span of about five months, in addition to like the physical and like emotional safety of her village because they've shunned her. Um, and has a lot of guilt with what everything that happened with her troop and with Renan. Um and then, you know, also was the one who successfully quote unquote killed Viren. So real, you know, Rila was going through a lot in particular in season three. And I was really glad to see this comic continue that. And so it is focused first and foremost on her, but everyone floats in and out. And of course, Callum is her rock because that's just how they are. And I, oh, I loved it. And so it was this really unflinching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always really good and really important look at teenagers and trauma, basically, because you have Rayla, who in the first, you know, the first like 10-ish pages got um, put out and then read at the Comic-Con over the summer by the cast and crew. So even just in those like first few pages, I was like, okay, you got the nightmares, which are actually pretty accurate. A lot of people think that PTSD nightmares are exact replicates, like replications or memories of the event of the tyrannic event that's not true oftentimes there'll be the feeling that sticks but the imagery and circumstances change so if you had a situation where you felt really helpless you might be like trapped somewhere like drowning wise or something like that like it'll replicate um the feeling and then the events will slightly change and just just a brief um i don't think anything i say here would need a trigger warning but i will be discussing things like PTSD and other aspects of self-loathing. So if that is something that's triggering for you, um, please like listen to your own mental health, do what is best for you. Everyone's at their own places in their own journey. Don't listen to, or something that's going to make you upset. You have to take care of yourself. That is the most important thing. Um, yeah, that's just a little mental health PSA, especially because like, God, this month, this year's been hard. Um, and so I really appreciate that they took that with Rayla and I was like, there's the nightmares, you know, similar to the events, similar to what happened to her. She was in Case and Ice. So that was terrifying because she thought she was about to lose everything. She was helpless and couldn't get out without Bates help. So, you know, she had to rely on someone that's scary for her. Um, and then you have the hyper vigilance. She can't move on. She doesn't totally believe that she's safe. She doesn't totally believe her loved ones, particularly Callum, are safe. Um, the bursts of irritation where she'll escalate very strongly and sharply, sometimes most of the time with Callum, she'll get quite angry. And then she'll almost immediately simmer down and kind of de-escalate herself and catch herself and usually be a little bit softer because real has always been someone who has a bit of a snark a bit of a snappy temper and you know like she's easily irritated but usually not to that degree and usually not when cal especially because at that point in their relationship like in season three like 
she gets sometimes she doesn't always want to open up to him because she's like freaked but she didn't get irritable with him that way in season three you know she might have pushed him away but she was mostly fine and it was different in the graphic novel and at the same time she's also way more open to him with him than ever before and you can see the ways that they've grown as a couple through like the small dialogue things and the like body language like he initiates more contact with her than ever before we finally got him initiating some realm hugs so i really loved that i appreciated that so much um yeah so there were like little dialogue things like they'll usually wait for each other to wake up and say hi and then go about their day if they are having a separate day and like that was so cute and he eats off her plate when they're at the moon nexus and like that's adorable and just him you know going after her like always oh the forehead touch was three panels and all of them were amazing i was so happy um yeah i loved all of that and then i also liked the way that through the moon looked at callum's trauma of abandonment issues and he's also grieving as well because harold was only a couple months ago if you you know it's it's a very and that's his final primary parent so they're both for lack of a better word orphans at, at this point in terms of being able to really rely on parental support because authority is there but really can't go home so that's incredibly hard and again like they are teenagers they're like 15 16 you know by the um through the moons approximately a month later i'm gonna i'm gonna nudge it a little bit further in my fan fictions of being like no i'm getting i'm giving my kids three happy months together um but they're like they're so young and their relationship developed during such like a tumultuous time so i'm impressed that it's as healthy as it is because it is extremely so overall and i was like so pleased to see that and to see all these little um parallels and beats be continuous and come back and it just felt like a very natural continuation it felt like a nice like a genuine continuation of season three um getting us ready for season four so i loved that um like i said i loved lou jane's parts i liked that she remains this kind of not like dubious figure because she's more benevolent than that but i like that she's not perfect and the way people respond to her isn't perfect and everyone makes mistakes i loved my glimpses of Slytherin Callum yet again with him lying. I loved it of him being like, no, oh, it's fine. We'll just lie to Jane. Like she did the same thing to us. And really the Gryffindor is like, are you sure? Like, I don't know, but she has her cause. And so that's what convinces her. Um, and I loved that. <laughs> that's such a bad decision, but I, everything in the book, even when characters were doing or saying things that I didn't necessarily agree with or felt conflicted about, I always understood where they were kind from. And I think sympathy and understanding is the root um, of good characterization, even above likability. It doesn't matter if you like a character, but if you can understand them, that's kind of like the harder battle. And so Through the Moon excelled at that. Um, the surprising stars of the show for me were definitely Alan. I didn't expect to love him quite as much as I did. And now I'm like, you're a good guy. You are a good guy. And a sweetie and I again I really liked the way that 
Callum and Soren and Alan and Ezra are all very emotionally open, like men and or boys, and that's totally acceptable. And Lou Jane being like, one of the things I like about Alan is that he's a big, strong man with big, strong feelings. And I was like, wow, like that's amazing, especially for like boys of color to hear. I thought that was lovely, as well as like Lou Jane and Alan were just sweet as like an older couple, you know, who'd found each other. So I loved that. Um, and the other standout was Soren. I freaking adored what we got with Soren, um, which relates to a question that Foxy Roxy asked. And they asked, what do you think of Soren and Rayla talking about Rudon? So I loved that this was finally sort of addressed and we were starting to get answers and we could see what Soren knew and sometimes like what Rayla was learning and how little Soren knew and because like he wasn't involved in the dungeons the way that Claudia was he might know a bit more and of course Claudia is completely MIA she doesn't get a mention um in the comic which like poor Soren because as far as he knows it's the only family he has left and it's a mess um so I really liked Soren sparring and him and Ezrin's continued friendship and him getting along with Alan I thought that was sweet especially now that you know he's been at the moon nexus once but he was he was a very different person and so it was really fun to watch him come back like what like six weeks after early season two maybe and just be like so different and like such so much like happier and sadder in some ways I thought that was really interesting and then again his friendship with Rayla has always been one that I've really enjoyed particularly in season three and it was fun to see the fact that like they've always been very interesting foil characters of like Soren was supposed to protect the princes but was told to kill him to kill them and Rayla was supposed to kill them and ended up protecting them and then both Soren and Rayla end up killing a version of Viren at the end of season three like they've always had strong foils so I liked that that thread of understanding um, now that it was no longer really in contrast, kind of came and was woven between them. And, and even then, there's the differences because Soren's like, I thought I killed my father and maybe it would have, or like, I thought I called him Viren, which again is, a, a, again, a great little character continuity detail. Soren being like, I thought I killed Viren and I had it. And he admits like, it would have been better if I had, but there was some relief there. Meanwhile, for Rayla, like the only thing that Viren possibly being alive means for her is is fear and terror because she's already lost so much to him. And I liked that acknowledgement of when Rayla goes through the portal and she runs into the other assassins and her kind of being like this whole thing started because of Viren. And you can trace it pretty far back of, you know, Viren's the one who coaxes heroin to revenge and keeps Sarai's last breath and allows him to kill the dragon king and then Viren's the one who's like let me go kill the egg and he goes and so he takes Lane and Teodrin and then instead of killing and then instead of killing the egg he steals he steals it and that's why and but because they think it's dead that's why the assassins are sent so like none of this had to happen and none of them had to die and it'll be really interesting to see if Rayla also reaches a, a moment maybe in season four where none of this had to happen and it is all Viren's fault, like nobody had to die. But if it hadn't, she wouldn't have met Talon, she wouldn't have met Ezrin. And I'll be curious to see if she 
not that that silver lining is like enough because like there's so much loss, you know, it's not even like a even ratio of like new friends to old friends. Like she's lost a lot. Um, but I'll be curious to see how she finds herself going forward in that way. Uh, cause we're gonna, we're gonna get to the end of the second. Um, and so I also thought like the design of the moon nexus of the dialogue bubbles being different, depending on whether or not you were holding the Phoenix feather, I thought that was really cool. And it was just like the black backgrounds and the, like everything being like very reflection and white and that sort of thing. And the, I, I just love seeing the assassins squatting and to see them be at peace. And you, I could hear in my head really having that like breakdown when she's like veering, like, where are you? Um, and then her being taken to Viren, um, which again goes along with another question from Artful Star, is do you have any theory why they put Viren inside the Erebos cocoon and through the moon? It's something that's been making me go thinking emoji. And I did a like I think a brief little analysis post, which should be your speculation post, which should be under my predictions tag. Because I have a speculation tag that's just for anyone's like theories and whatever, including my own. And predictions is specifically things that I put forward and what I think might be what's going on or what might happen. Um, if anyone has ever wondered what the fuck the difference is in my meticulous tagging situation. Um, so I think that the... Because Erebos is literally in a place between life and death. We know that there's no way the mirror isn't primarily some type of moon magic. It's illusions, it's reflections, it's death, it's imprisonment. It's a moon shadow thing. Um, and so we know that that's where Erebos is. Although he like puts the goop in Viren's eye in season three so that Viren can see him. And then at the end of season three, when Viren wakes up after dying... Both of his eyes are clear. The purple is gone. And Erebos is just in the cocoon. And Claudia said it's changing. So I'm thinking that because Erebos is, in Erebos's own words, his vessel, I'm thinking that Erebos got enough of what he needed from the Sunfire staff and from Zim. Because they did get some of Zim's energy. They didn't harvest him, but they got, like, something um, that Viren will... Not Viren. That... Erebos will come out of that cocoon and he'll look like Viren. That's what I'm thinking. And he'll look like a full dark magic Viren, like the corrupted form maybe to also help tell them apart. And so I think that what Rayla saw in the Moon Nexus wasn't actually Viren, but I think it was that new body Erebos has constructed for himself. Because whether Rilla knows it or not, she did try to kill him. She is bound to him by hate. Like, they don't know each other, but they are connected in that way. And so I think that that is what she saw. And she saw Erebos. Um, because Viren has no reason to technically be there. Because he's not hovering between life and death. And he's decidedly not dead because Claudia resurrected him. He's not maybe like fully alive anymore. There's going to be some like kinks to work out. But for all intents and purposes, he's not dead the way that the other assassins or the other spirits of the dead were. And Erebos is the only one in that in-between space. So that's what I'm thinking. Um, there. And then I'm just trying to think because like I don't 
I don't want to talk about the ending until I'm sure I don't have anything else to talk about. Um, but it does tie into a lot and is probably one of my favorite decisions or turns of the comic made, especially because it was surprising that they would do something like that in an extra material. And it was a little bit more extreme than what I had thought. But I also saw this conflict between Callum and Rhea coming since season two. So I'm not, and I figured it would be over something like this, like pretty specifically um, in terms of her parents, although I thought it'd be coins rather than vengeance. And I knew it would be over Rhea's tendency to self-sacrifice and to isolate herself. So... Yeah, I'm sad, but I'm not surprised. And I've been very pumped about um, adding a lot more angsty love songs to my Raylan playlist. Um, that might be it. So yeah, I'm just going to end this little recording part. And then I'm going to go and talk about the ending. So if for some reason you are only partially way through, uh, through the moon and you have not finished it, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this podcast before I go and finish the book. Go finish the graphic novel. Do not come back to this podcast until you have finished it. Because um, you're going to finish it or you're going to hear the spoiler. And you're going to want to scream because I did. Because um, it's it's a doozy. So, yeah. I'll see you guys in like two seconds or like you'll hear me in two seconds. We can't see anything. So Rilla left him. Um, it was rough. It was a rough couple of panels. Um, I've cried over it at least three times. It's fantastic. I love it. It's a bold choice. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, like, I was, I was already so excited for season four. I was already, like, season four is going to be immaculate. We're going to get a time skip. We're going to get Claudia Vinaville. We're going to see what's going on there. We're going to get Ezrin, political stuff, you know. We're going to get Callum probably connecting to the Moon Arcanum. So that'll be a fun plot point. And I'm sure, like, Rayla is going to be, like, along for the ride. And then season five might be more a little bit more about her, you know, the way that the other ones, you know, we, we flip-flopped. Like, season one was very equal, and then season two was a lot about Callum with some really good Rayla and Ezrin stuff. And then season three was a lot more about Ezrin and Rayla um, with some really good, like, Callum and Soren stuff. And every, season three was just great for everyone. <sighs> I think about that season every damn day where I'm like, just one arc – just one season three arc for like Ezrin or Soren, or Rayla, like just, or even Callum, like just one of them or Claudia, like any of them would be good enough to be like, oh, best season, but all of them or like Amaya's arc, which, you know, like just like anything, but all of them in the same season. No wonder we lost our fucking minds. Um... <laughs> So I was so I was already so excited for season four, and this and this is something where I fully acknowledge that to a certain degree, it is both a writing preference. I like this sort of sticky situation where somebody makes a really bad decision 
for really understandable sad reasons and then we have to deal with the fallout like I like that sort of thing and I like the focus on mental health that's being given even if it's not said outright um and the portrayal of mental illness and stuff like that because I think that's important and it's really important to me because I also write fantasy war stuff of characters don't get to just go through like really terrible things and then just walk off like they're fine that's not realistic to me it's stopped being appealing especially if you are writing for like I was a middle schoolers and up like the kids can handle it they can handle the realism um that you're gonna go that characters who go through like really traumatic things are gonna have trauma um and so one thing that I really appreciated was through the moon showing Cal and Rila's like disagreements in terms of they're both trying to support each other Cal in particular is trying to support her and they're both doing their best but that doesn't mean it's perfect and there are moments where they both kind of lose sight of their compassion for each other because they did meet in such loaded circumstances like no matter how much they love each other it will always be true that or at least as far as they know it who knows what they might find out down the line like if Vera had already kind of taken Hera out or like you know who who knows but it will always be true that Rayla's father figure Rayla's dad killed Callum's dad that will always be true and they will always have to reconcile with that or if Renan didn't that he would have like would it really have made a difference if Viren took him out if Renan's still the one that killed the body you know like it will always be true and that's that is a hard damn pill to swallow especially when it's so recent both of those types of grief especially when they overlap especially when they're opposing that's loaded that is a loaded thing and so I loved that through the moon talked about that and I loved that you also see them stumble with it but ultimately work through it I love that Rayla apologizes first we've never had that before I was really excited um and we just have them you know working working through their stuff um so I loved that but I was also really appreciative that through the moon gave more space to Callum's own self-loathing issues which I'd seen since season one and then kind of in season two they mostly were gone in season three there weren't really many of these where he was pushed into places where that would come out though but I did expect it because I expected in season four for Callum's parallels to Viren as mage to the king and the very different types of mages and just similarly you know there's there's enough of Viren and Callum where I'm like Callum is what Viren could have been if Viren had made all the right choices in a lot of ways um, or if things had just been different and Viren had, you know, not been as into dark magic. Cause I think that is the main sort of difference between them. Um, so I'm really excited that Callum's self-loathing got to kind of rise at the front. Like when he sees that Rayla didn't stay to say hi in the morning, um, after their fight, which is not when she leaves, he says like, oh, like, why am I dumb? Like, why do I always say dumb things? And it's like, sweetie, you you like lost your cool, but like it wasn't all on you and really doesn't put it all on him, which I also appreciated. And it was just worrying to see how much he slipped into why do I always say dumb fan, like always. And I was like, no, like, but I loved it. 
Um, and then Callum's own grief and abandonment issues where he has now at this point been left at least once by every person he loved. Rilla was the only person who hadn't done that to him. And now she has. Um, I will say that Rilla in some ways has left in the way that's both going to hurt the most. And she has the best reason for it because like, Sarai and Hera both left on for like the mission of the crown and they didn't come back. Ezra left for duty in the crown. Rayla, Soren, and Claudia just betrayed him and lied to him and put his life at risk and put Ezra's life at risk and tried to kill Rayla. And Claudia used his feelings and so they lied about his dad. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, and then Soren came back and Ezra came back and his parents won't. And Rayla alone is the one who leaves because she is duty bound and she refuses to put him at risk because she loves him. And I think that'll be the key difference in terms of like Callum is going to be so angry at her. And I've written a couple of posts through the moon one shots that I'm quite proud of. Um, you can find them on my Tumblr. You can also find them in my at my AO3 account, Words of Dragons. No spaces, no hyphens. Um, one is Callum going to the Silver Grove like two weeks after Rayla's left. And he tells, and because he remembers her key, he can get in, but he's not ghosted because he didn't come with her. And he goes and he tells Authority what's happened, basically. And that was really fun and emotional to write from Callum's point of view because he is so hurt. And he's so worried about her at the same time. And there's just a lot of frustration. There's a lot of mixed emotions. And again, he's 15. <laughs> this is a lot. Um, and then another one that was the first one I wrote, but in my head, I think it would come second, technically, timeline-wise, because I am going to do a big angsty realm reunion fic, hopefully soon. Um, that'll be really fun. Hopefully, it'll just be 10,000 words, but who knows? Maybe it'll be way shorter and I'm kidding myself maybe it'll be longer and I'll be like why did I say this would be a one shot I should have just split it up into parts um I will make an according playlist for that fic though you better you bet your ass I'm gonna be linking that shit together it's I'm, I'm accumulating my list it's gonna be immaculate it's not like I already have multiple through the moon related playlists um there won't be too much song overlap though I have varied enough wide enough taste it'll be great um the second one shot is Rayla six months after leaving, running into Claudia and Zadia and that sort of confrontation. And I was really drawn to the idea of these two very bitter for different but similar reasons, young women. And again, I thought that Rayla and Claudia's parallels from season two and especially after season three would continue. So I like the idea that season four is their mutual lowest point, matching white hair, maybe if Claudia if Claudia's hair gets even wider, we'll have to wait and see. Be really down for that. And the fact that they've both lied to Callum for different reasons and that sort of thing. So that was really fun to explore in that fic, as well as the chances they still have and what they've given up and what they don't have. And I really enjoyed writing that. I was really pleased with how both of those one-shots came out. Next one is the reunion fic, and then I want to do one that is also like the day-to-day -day work of how you would come back 
from what Rila did, like logistically and all those sorts of things, um, which will be very much like if time is money. So I'm excited for that because I just I love writing that sort of stuff. I love writing the sort of emotional continuity, emotional work, um, which is what fan fiction excels at. So I'm like, I'm always a big fan. Um, but yeah, I really loved it. I loved Rayla. I loved being able to track Rayla's because at first I was like, oh my God, how could she do this to him? Like I was so upset and it wasn't, you know, because it, it is upsetting and it is, you feel for both of them because this isn't what either of them wanted. Rayla has more choice in the matter. So things are softer, but you also know in her head, like she's leaving and she wants to go home to him, go home to him so badly she wants to come back to Calum so badly and she loves him she she loves him like so much but I do appreciate that you can track her logic from even like the very like second episode of the show when she's like I have to do this I'm sorry I don't want to but I have to and she thinks she has to kill Callum and now after she was trying to spare his life before if she if he wasn't who she was looking for and now she's doing it again, but to spare his life. So to even just see that come full circle was like really, oh my God, it was so much. It was so good. Um, and then, you know, realists of, of the romances she's seen, it's like, we're not an authority, we're happy. Um, and it's like her mother and father both went together because they were both equally committed to their duty. So they both died. And then Renan and Athari were so in love and Renan left Athari behind and Athari lived and Renan took Rayla off the mission. She went anyway, but she still lived. And then you can also see like Harrow and Sarai of like Callum, who was very much his mother's son anyway. I would say that Harrow and Rayla have more parallels than Callum. And so like it, it gives and takes, but... I wrote a meta about that after season two and I've been thinking of doing a season three update. So I'll have to look it over and see um, because there definitely are tenets of Harrow and Sarai's relationship and vice and Catelyn Rayla's that I can see and vice vice versa, which is really interesting. Um, Because Catelyn got to see so little of that overall because he was pretty young once the right out. He saw some of it, you know, but he didn't grow up into his teen years with a loving relationship example the way that Rayla did. But even then of like Callum taking the position his mother kind of did with the Titan of being like, I don't necessarily agree, but I stand by you anyway. And Sarai dying because of it, because she went, right? And Harrow, like so much of this show is just people doing things to try and avoid more grief, not realizing that they're actively causing it to a certain degree to their loved ones. And it's... It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly something. It's emotional. Um, and so I'm really excited to see all the intricacies. And I, again, this is why I was saying personal preference, but one of my very first early loves when I was like 10 or something was the musical Wicked. It was one of the first musicals I saw. And I love, I, I still adore Wicked. And I shipped Linda and Alphaba. And I also, but longer, I shipped Alphaba and Fiero. And they have a similar sort of plot. Again, spoilers for Wicked. It's been on Broadway. It's so good. Go find a bootleg. Do what you want. Um, but basically, like, Fiero and Alphaba, he becomes, she. she's the Wicked Witch of the West. She leaves. She becomes a rebel. You know, she gets branded as Wicked. 
And so she's doing her stuff. She she leaves and kind of leaves Vero hanging a bit. And they've already fallen in love at that point, but it's complicated. Um, and Fiero then becomes like captain of the guard for the wizard and he's looking for her and he can't find her. And then they, he finally, they finally do reunite and they have this surprisingly steamy love song, you know, where you're just like, wow, this is a family show. Okay. Um, nothing inappropriate, but you know, you don't realize it when you're a kid and then you get older and you're like, oh, that's what that means. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, so the whole like one one love interest leaves and there's a lot of like hurt feelings and some slight feelings of betrayal and the other love interest was looking for them and just wants to find them and like the reunions like angsty and just like that's been my bread and butter internally for like 12 years now. So I'm like, it really is real. I'm just getting all of my favorite tropes for like every OTP I've ever loved over the years somehow and just having that all of them in one ship which means that realm is the gift that keeps on giving specifically to me um yeah and I'm just so grateful and I'm even more excited for season four and I'm not worried at all again I saw this coming but like the natural thing is reconciliation and getting there and I wrote thing a meta that I quite liked um about why I think that Rila might end the season you know she's hunting Vera and she doesn't know that also means she's hunting Erebos and even just Vera would be a really hard guy to defeat with giving how he like technically decimated her in the season three finale like he froze her in the ice and she wouldn't have been able to really get out without bait at least not fast enough to do anything he could have coined her right then and there, um, which is, like, no wonder she has nightmares. And then, like, she takes him off the pinnacle, but, like, she would have got if Callum hadn't been there. So, like, Rayla's not looking too hot in terms of winning this fight with Viren because she doesn't know that Erevels is also involved. Um, although I am curious because I always thought that Viren fell with his staff, and then I was looking at season that scene in season three when he falls, and I was like, oh, he doesn't have a staff. It does land on the pinnacle. Interesting. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how that's going to go. Um, and maybe if that'll be relevant in terms of your, of maybe, maybe Callum's like, I don't know if I can find Rayla, but I bet I can find Viren with this or something like that. So we'll have to wait and see. Because um, I do think that he's going to go after her and he'll want to find her. However, if... Callum is so heartbroken. He's like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to stay in Catalyst with Ezra because my brother needs me. And I'm too emotionally, like, strung out. I'm going to cry. It's going to be amazing. And we're gonna. I'm so excited to see how he'd work his way back to her in that world. And if he is going after her, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's been looking for her for, like, anywhere from, like, three to six months. Like, I'm also going to, like, fall my eyes out. I live for, I live for that crap either way. So I'm like... Yes, and then Rayla falling even further into like the self-loathing thing because in her mind, like loving Callum well was one of the only things she had left going for her, and now she doesn't even have that. And like she, I do say it's a sacrifice on her part because like she doesn't want to do this, and she's leaving to fundamentally protect him, even if it's flawed, and she's doing it to love him, even if it's flawed. And I, there's not a 
doubt in my damn mind that she's thinking like, oh, if I die, he'll be fine. Because my life doesn't matter because she's done that to him before in 207 with the dragon and 308 with wanting to stay behind and die at the spire. Where she's like, just remember me. As though it's a request, as though like he wouldn't he would never be able to forget her. So like she's just so out of it and is thinking like if he hates me, if he doesn't love me anymore, it hurts, but it doesn't matter because she's moved past the point of caring really about their relationship, or at least she cares about the relationship, she cares about him, she loves him, but it's no longer her her number one priority is keeping him alive. And I, that is one of the main motivations she has, I'm sure, for going after Viren, as well as her feeling responsible because she didn't successfully kill him the first time. And it's like, Rayla, you did everything you could. So I'm really excited to see what's going to finally get through to her. I think they'll probably reunite like four, five episodes into the season. I think they'll give us a couple with them separate because they have to like introduce that and do a little bit of introduction as to why. And there's a lot of other things to juggle. And I don't think they'll want to have a big arc like this and then leave them separated for a super short time span. But I do think they'll wrap it up entirely in season four. And by the end of season four, they will be back. They will have reunited and be back together, even if there's still some like loose ends to tie up. Because um, I do think that Cal is still probably going to learn Moon Magic. He has the key of Erebos, but he doesn't know it. I feel like maybe because book four is Earth, Terry the Earthblood Elf, which is a character they've teased before, might be Calum's like Zadie and Guide or something. Calum's traveling. He finds out about Erebus while he's trying to find Rayla, so he knows how dangerous it is. Rayla finds out some stuff or something. You know, who knows? She's also looking for Viren. Their paths eventually converge. They hug. They get angry. They cry. He's like, please come with me. She's like, I'm sorry, I can't. Maybe they have to work together for an episode or something. Like, there's some sort of, who knows. Um, she goes again. Callum is pissed, kind of hitting his breaking point. Decides to push through, goes after her one more time. She gets captured by Erebus because she finally hunted and tried to kill Viren. It didn't work out. And they're like, the cube for her life. He hands over the cube. Erebus gets out. That's, that's... Uh, spoilers for the reunion fanfic i'm gonna write that's the entire plot but if anyone's interested in my execution rather than summary the fic is still for you um yeah i loved through the moon i'll always love what it did in regards to mental health i love how it expanded the character i loved ezrin's part ezrin just constantly has the brain cell loved it love that funky fresh little boy um Getting to see a lot of the different characters and the art style was cool. I loved it. I'm pumped for season four. I think season four might come out late August. I just have a hunch. I have a I have a good feeling, not just because it would be a nice little, you know, summer's fun. And yeah. I think that might be all I have to talk about. If you guys have any questions you want to send in, um, related to Through the Moon, unrelated. Please feel free. Um, as always, you can send me just in with an asterisk on my Tumblr over at Raylan with two A's. I would love to see them. And I think that might be it. Yeah. Oh, and I also wanted to say I was really, I was pleasantly surprised 
but also not surprised because my friend is great that you guys loved my interview with my friend Elizabeth so much because I knew the Kuna one was going to be a nice draw because like we're both have heavily involved in the fandom and you guys both kind of know us and whatever but you guys really liked the review interview with Elizabeth and I'm sure I will have her on again at one point which would be really fun um and it was really fun for us to record so yeah I hope I hope to get more podcast episodes out soon I'm glad you guys are enjoying them as always thank you for listening to the sponsors um there is the option for monthly supporters um if anyone wants to do that then obviously I will prioritize the podcast accordingly because I want to make sure you guys are getting what you what you want um I think one of the tiers is like 99 cents a month obviously I'm like save your money put it towards other things there's other things that definitely need it more so I'm not being like give me money but if you want to I'll never say no to that um there's also my Kofi which is just Oh, is my Kofi worth the driving surveillance? Let's, we, you know what? We'll find out together. I'll look it up later. Um, But yeah, I think I'm just rambling now and I think that's everything. So yeah, just thank you guys for listening. As always, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good October. I hope everyone's voted. <laughs> and I am looking forward to seeing you guys next time. Dragon's out.